listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 The college football playoff rankings released last night and no change in the top four. The college football playoff, we've got Alabama 1, followed by Notre Dame at 2, Clemson comes in at 3, and the Ohio State Buckeyes sitting at 5-0, and oh, but number 4 in the college football rankings. Okay, we'll talk about the Buckeyes and that very just decision the Big Ten made. <laughs> but, just, but, let's look at these odds for a second. Alabama even money. Think about that. When's the last time we've seen this, Fez? We've had some very good Alabama teams. Last week, we were telling the country right here, right after the committee spoke, we said, you know what? This Alabama team, by the computer rankings, better than any prior Saban team. A lot of people were like, what? Huh? Hmm? Huh? What? Well, right now, even money this early, relatively, Games, multiple games left to be played even before the playoffs. I haven't seen it. Yeah, just a couple hiccups for Alabama early in the year. The Missouri covering against them, and then the Ole Miss where their D struggled. So, so, if, so if a D cover or if a team covers, that's a hiccup. They're supposed <laughs> to cover every game. <laughs> apparently so. Yeah. I don't know if you know. What do you apparently so from whom? Well, just that Missouri put up 19 points against Alabama, but it. It no, was I'm, an I'm asking you a question. What? What is? Why are we making a distinction that Alabama didn't cover a game earlier? Just that they played so much better here down the stretch. Okay, but in general, no one covers every game, correct? Correct. Because like the Patriots, when they went undefeated, they had a losing record in the second half of that year because, and you were there booking it, Maddie. You're not going to make it easy as a bookmaker to win betting the really good team everyone's excited about. Correct, obviously. I mean, that's the point spread's always supposed to be the great equalizer. And, and at, at the end of the day, I mean, everyone's supposed to be 50-50 against the spread. In the long run? Yes. Except me as a batter. I, I mean, I, you're saying the teams, not yeah, the, the teams. <laughs> Fez, I'm going to give you another crack at this. So I'm going to kind of speak parenthetically to you and tell you what I'm really asking. Steve... They're even money. Steve, teams aren't often even money. Hmm, comment. Alabama is historically good, and we've seen it in their recent games, the fact that the, the betting market just hasn't caught well, up What about it. that Missouri game? That was a long time ago. Oh. Most recently, you look at it, it, it's all Alabama can do not to run up scores. They beat Kentucky by 60. They absolutely— You think an, they're trying not to run them up? I think they're just playing their game, I and think, they're just so good, RJ, that it's— that His mic's off. His mic's three-minute— He's in the red. He's in the penalty box. All right, Maddie, how good do you think Alabama is? I, I, not only do I think they're historically good, but I think they're also the only team right now in the entire country who is a one hundred percent lock to make the CFP. If Clemson Ooh. loses a, another game to Notre Dame, they're definitely out. If Clemson buries Notre Dame, then you don't know. Yeah, but let me ask you: these odds kind of say otherwise, don't they? So if we got Alabama at even money, yeah, Clemson at two and a half to one. So the second favorite's the team with one loss. Ohio State at four and a half to one. Notre Dame at seven and a half to one. Then Florida at fifteen to one. Now Florida loses against Alabama; they're not going to get in. And then it's not till thirty-three to one Texas A&M. Isn't this telling us the not the fix is in, but it's done been decided that if Clemson, who's going to be a double-digit favorite, right? What would you say Clemson is going to be against Notre Dame? 
I think it's going to be just under double digits, like nine, eight right. and a half, nine. So they're supposed to win that game a significant majority of the time. If Clemson wins, Notre Dame is still in. That's what these odds are telling us. Wouldn't you agree with that? Unless it's like forty-seven to ten, and then but but even if it's forty-seven to ten, who gets in? Texas A&M. Well, if Florida wins, they're in. Yes, and and then it gets complicated, and then it could complicate Notre Dame. Or Clemson. And, yeah, because I think yes. Alabama stays in. If Correct. Alabama, that's what I mean. Alabama is the only team right now where there's no case where they're out. Oh, I understand. But but what I'm saying is it will take a major upset for Clemson not to beat Notre Dame. It will take a major upset for Ohio State to lose. I mean, I've never seen this. I'm going to let Fez back in see if he can redeem himself. I've never seen this before. That that with weeks to go. I mean, we got yeah. multiple well, weeks, and not just championship games. Regular season games still prior to a championship game. With weeks to go, other than the Florida Alabama, whereas Alabama's even money, Florida's fifteen to one. All right, so Florida could win, but what's the line going to be in that game? We think. I think it's going to be ten. All right. Yep. So an unlikely win by Florida. So if they're out, it's Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame. No matter what happens, Notre Dame in theory against Clemson. And if Clemson wins, they're in. And the next, you might say, well, what happens if something happens? Who's in? Well, AM's 33 to 1. Yeah. And then Cincinnati is 60 to 1. I've never seen other than the four best teams. And Cincinnati's out. And why do you think that? I think because now they're only going to have played eight games. The big advantage that we all talked about with Cincinnati early in the year is what happens if Cincinnati plays 13 games and Ohio State only plays five or six? Well, the Ohio State half of that equation came to fruition. They're only going to play six, including the Big Ten championship game, and the Big Ten even had to change their rules for that to happen. But with Cincinnati now at COVID cancellations is going to end their regular season 8-0, and that's not enough of a differentiator. But the team they canceled again, or that was canceled, they're, they're likely to play or for sure going to play in the conference Well, final? Cincy cancels the game. It's the it Cincy was, COVID issues. Okay. But did it feel like it was a discretionary call, or did it feel like they, they didn't have a choice? I'm sure they wanted to play. Yeah, you would yeah. think so. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So, RJ, we've been talking about the latest edition of the college football playoff rankings. Not a change up top in the top four. We've got Alabama followed by Notre Dame, Clemson, and your Ohio State Buckeyes at number four. And let's talk Ohio State. This is not the Big Ten's decision, anything about favoritism to the Buckeyes. This is about money, green money, because in this COVID year, without fans, there are serious economic problems with a lot of these colleges, multiple Pac-12 schools. This isn't about playing football or not. They're going to play football. Are they going to play lacrosse? Are they going to play men's volleyball? And remember, the Title IX stuff is going to be valid regardless. So, and and as it should be. So, it's going to be a situation where they may think, okay, we'll cut this sport. Now we'll have to cut the woman's side. And all of a sudden, there's a lot of, in my opinion, the redeeming thing about the NCAA is they do let people who aren't NFL level players or in sports that aren't revenue generating. 
They give them that amazing experience. And I've met a lot of people over the years that played Division One or not, collegiate sports that weren't the main sports, and they were so influenced by it. And listen, I'm not a bleeding heart by any stretch, but when you see, especially in a society where you can say, you know, oftentimes with women, it's hard, you know, there's mixed messages for them. Are they supposed to be this? Are they supposed to be that? How alpha, how aggressive are they supposed to be? Women I've met who've played Division One sports or even college sports, it's almost to a person, it's, it really seemed to be a great influence on them. And the Big Ten will make a lot more money collectively. Ohio State doesn't just keep this money. It gets split up in a significant way. And literally the Buckeyes, if they make the college football playoffs, it will probably save multiple sports programs in the Big Ten. And that's what the Big Ten was voting on. Matty Holt, usintegrity.com. You guys have a, a ton of relationships and contracts with the college leagues and such. Would Give us a little context about uh, your understanding of how much financial pressure there is and anything on that topic. Well, obviously, there's a lot of financial pressure. I mean, most of these major collegiate football programs pack, you know, close to 100,000 fans into the stands. So that game day gate experience, the revenue from parking, from merchandise, from from F&B sales is, is astronomical and really critical to – um, you know, to the ability to maintain an athletic department budget. And we've it's not just the small schools. Stanford this year had cut a bunch of programs. It's major programs who are feeling the effect of this, this hit. It's unfair to ask a conference to stick to an arbitrary rule that's going to hurt them. The college football playoffs, they're supposed to be agnostic. They're supposed to be no conference gets an advantage. And thus, if they're changing rules, then you can question it. But to me, it makes total sense what the Big Ten did. And let's be candid. We said it yesterday. Michigan, it feels like, and again, maybe there's been some breaking news I haven't seen, but it feels like based upon the Associated Press reporter out of that area that there were 16 positives and that Come game day, there was a, it was viable that Michigan could have played. I'm not saying I know that for sure. I'm saying my sense is that's the case. Others are saying it too. I mean, I'm not a Harbaugh fan. He smells. But the fact is, if you're Michigan and you're considering keeping Harbaugh, and what I'm hearing is that Harbaugh is going to float himself out to the NFL and see what kind of offers he gets. I can't imagine him getting any. But let's say he gets one, he probably leaves. But if he doesn't get an offer he wants, now he's open to stay at Michigan. Where's Michigan going from here? What's Michigan's next coach? As much as Harbaugh's been a disappointment, it's hard to imagine letting him go now would help that program. Right? You're admitting a major defeat and all that. How's that recruiting going to go this year for Michigan? Not well at all. So I think Michigan is trying to protect themselves because if they get beat six or if they would have gotten beat 66 to nothing or some variation and they would have been a 30 point underdog 30 point underdog i think it got down to 28 but yeah right in that range for sure massive underdog it's and listen you think the buckeyes weren't going to run it up if they had a chance 
that could put a stink on that Michigan program that is never forgotten. Think back if you're old enough when Miami down in Texas, who were they? Was, were they playing Texas in that Cotton Bowl? And there was a famous time where they they won like thirty five nothing. They're they're shooting the six shooters <laughs> off in the end zone, and I mean it it, it left a mark for you know decade plus. I think Michigan maybe was smart if they tried to avoid that, but boy, it's not particularly honorable. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. So, RJ, it is a Wednesday tradition here on Straight Out of Vegas. We take a look at the three biggest games in the NFL each week, and we're going to start with the Chiefs and the Dolphins. We're right now on pregame.com. Kansas City is a seven-and-a-half point favorite. The great Chiefs, no matter what they do, it's proof of their greatness. When they win handily, they're great. When they just barely win, they're great because they can play bad and still barely win. I don't know if you get my sarcasm or not. (laughs) Fez, you got them number one. I agree with you. They're not number one at the distance I think some people think. How much distance you got between one and two right now? Three points. Wow. But remember now, if we go back in time, we got some tape on it. Let's listen. Here's Fez. I've never, ever had such a difference between my first team and my second team and the rest. This is historic. You remember that? Yeah, Baltimore Ravens right there with KC. Yeah, so now somehow your Ravens are where now in your rankings? Number eight. Number eight, but still KC. They're historically good, right? Historically good. Did they, have they lost? Have they not covered any games? Oh, like they, Alabama? <laughs> yeah, just against Denver, they sleepwalk to a six-point win. Yeah. But that shows their greatness, doesn't it? So, how, explain to me how they would get downgraded. Because when they got beat by the Raiders, it was no big deal. They didn't try. So, explain to me how the the Chiefs get downgraded. I, I, I have to say that... I, the, How do the Chiefs get downgraded? Please answer the question. When they play a game that they need to win and they play poorly. So they didn't need to win against the Raiders? The they first need, game? They needed to win. And then the second game, the fact they needed a The fact that was a... Uh, literally, if it was any game this year, you would think that KC would be focused. Wouldn't it be the second Raiders game? Absolutely. And how'd they do? They won in the final minutes. How'd they perform up to expectation? They did not. Did they play like the best team in the NFL? No, they played. So you're saying in the the highest motivation spot, they 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 underperformed. Yes. So how much did you downgrade them? I mean, what, I'm confused how they get downgraded. They, they, you just that, gave me scenarios, and I just gave you two. They got downgraded half a point. Oh yes, the half a point. Matt, where do you got Kansas City? Kansas City's clearly number one. How how much, though? I don't know that it's any, uh, and I don't like to use the word historic, but what is interesting about this Kansas City team, number one or number two in almost every major offensive category, points a game, yards a game, points per play, yards per play, etc., all the way down till we get to red zone scoring touchdown percentage. How many, what's your percentage of touchdowns in the red zone? Then they're 24th, and I think that, plays into the fact a little bit that this team is the most dynamic team in football, but when they get down there, they don't have this whole field to work with. Mm. They're not always efficient. That's interesting. You think with a good tight end, they'd be good in the red zone. You know who is first or second in every major category on defense? The Pittsburgh Steelers. You know who else? The Saints. Saints and Pittsburgh are one, two in almost every category, 
But Steve, they're not even competitive, are they? I mean, how's the Saints doing? They're covering a lot of games, aren't they? They have their defenses playing but, out but of their not, minds. But they don't have Patty Mahomes, my homeboy, or whatever. Well, when they get Breeze back, they're only going to be one point below. Uh-oh, maybe. But they better not lose a game, because then look out below. Jonas, how, how, how much better do you think Casey is than the, the other good teams? Uh, I think they're significantly better. Well, I don't know what significantly would be, but I think they're clearly better. I just they're hard to really figure out sometimes because it does look like they're coasting. And and I'm glad Maddie brought well, maybe up maybe they're the, not coasting. Maybe that's their level. And and it could be the case because I'm glad Maddie brought it up because if you actually watched the Sunday night game, you saw them constantly down in the red zone and Denver kept forcing them to kick field goals. And I think Butker had four field goals there. And so I don't know if that's something – I don't know if there's a stat in, in which you can say, well, usually Super Bowl teams are good in the red zone. But if this is going to continue to be an issue, they're going to need to score some more points than that once they get to the postseason. I'm going to say for the first time, Clippers, Chiefs. Clippers, Chiefs. Think about it. <laughs> Game two. RJ, we go to your backyard, Las Vegas, where the Raiders are hosting the Indianapolis Colts right now on pregame.com. India, two-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm going to make a point here on the Colts. Colts, and Maddie, you were talking about this during the break, but I'm going to put another spin on it. The offense in the last four games – is number five in the NFL expected points. Colts offense number five. They were 15 or are 15 for the season, number five lately. But if you look at the Colts defense, their defense is actually number 31 in the last four weeks. So this is a team that for the season, their offense is 15, their defense is 14. So they're smack in the middle of both. They've gone way up in offense and way down in defense. I don't think people see that. I think it's a big deal. To me, the story is left tackle Anthony Costanzo. When he first went out, all everyone talked about was how will this offense operate without Costanzo? Who's going to protect Phillip Rivers' blindside? But to your point, their offense has gotten better with Costanzo out. Fez, I think that this line, if you like the Raiders here, I think you bet it now. I think this line goes down. What do you think? Line move. I'm not so sure about that because of the injury that the Raiders have. Gruden says he does not expect expect Josh Jacobs to play their uh, talented running back. Says he does back. not expect him to play. Yes. That's big. All right, number three in our three biggest games here on Straight Out of Vegas goes to Sunday Night Football. It's the Steelers at the Bills. Buffalo, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Let's not forget, Pittsburgh is still on short rest. They still haven't had a true bye, and they're going to be on a difficult spot here. Monday to Sunday, so how many times in a row do you play on short rest? I think it's unfair. I agree. Third game in 11 days. And, and they were tired before that. Exactly right. We saw the money come against them against Washington. It's happening again. This game open. Pick them, Buffalo Lane, two and a half now. 30 seconds, Matt. Look, you love the happened, Bills in general. Absolutely. And this happened to the Bills earlier, and everybody jumped off their bandwagon. But now that they're back on regular rest, they're rolling. Pittsburgh having to deal with the same issue the Bills did earlier in the year. Mm, it was The Bills was one game, though. And I'll say one last thing about the Bills. A lot of people are questioning how good they are or at least Josh Allen is, because they had a stretch there against the Jets and stuff. He wasn't scoring that much. It was three bad weather games. So there was a COVID disruption and three bad weather games. If you take out that middle, Josh Allen has had an amazing season. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.